This is recording number 10725 from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Vallejo, California. This is the second message in the Redirecting Your Future series by Randy Bold. It was recorded on Sunday morning, August 26, 2007. This message is titled, Faith. And when you get a hold of a Bible, let's turn to the book of uh, Hebrews, first of all. Hebrews chapter 11. It's way in the back of the New Testament. You might need the table of contents to find it. It's not a real large book. Book of Hebrews, towards the back of your Bible, in chapter 11. Then when you get to um, Hebrews chapter 11, put something in there to mark your spot and turn all the way back to the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis chapter 6. We're going to begin there. Uh, look at some verses there at the beginning of Genesis chapter 6 and then we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11 and come back to Genesis. I'm going to have to do some flipping around this morning. And we're going to continue our um, current study called Redirecting Your Future. And we talked last week about how um, often we feel like uh, or we find ourselves in situations, let's put it that way, where we see that we get a glimpse of where our current path is leading us and it's leading us, we realize it's leading us towards a future we don't want and a future that we're convinced God wouldn't want for us either. And in those moments, thankfully, we have a merciful, gracious, redeeming God who has provided for us the means to partner with Him in redirecting our future. Now, um, last week we talked about when you find yourself in a situation where you have done what you know God has, has said you shouldn't do. And, and I'm not going to re-preach that message, uh, but uh, those of you who are with us will recall that we talked about how God graciously and mercifully le uh, provides for us, leaves available to us in those times where our actions, my actions, my del deliberate choices have caused me to be headed towards a place I, I, I don't want to go. And how God leaves available to me options of obedience that can redirect my future. And today we're going to be talking about a situation where we are caught, we find ourselves caught up in the flow of a culture leading us towards a destination we don't want to go. And how God makes available to us the uh, pathway or the, the life redirecting principle of faith that can uh, enable us to break out of that um, uh, heard and begin to head towards the future, the destiny God has designed for us. So that's where we're headed this morning. Uh, Genesis chapter 6 is where we find the story of the, of the ark, Noah and the ark. And hardly, I can't imagine anybody uh, that wouldn't be somewhat familiar with this story. But I want to, this morning, have you look at it with me in a little different light. And we're going to begin reading at verse 5 of, of uh, chapter 6 of the book of Genesis. Now, I wanted to say that the book of Genesis, well, Genesis means, that word means what? Who can tell me? Beginning. 
Yeah, it tells us the beginnings of so many things, the beginnings of, of the origins of, of the natural world. It gives us the beginnings of, of, of humanity and God's dealings with humanity. It tells us a lot about God's uh, purposes and plans, and it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's truly a book of beginnings. But I want to suggest to you that it's also a book of new beginnings, we're going to spend four weeks in it talking about new beginnings or redirectings of, of futures, but we could spend many more because this book, the book of Genesis, is full of examples of how God redirected people's futures. In fact, now this, uh, you know, I'm, what I always try to distinguish between what I absolutely know to be true in the Word of God and what I think about the Word of God, and this is one of those points. But I think it's important, uh, at least for you to understand where I'm coming from, to, to uh, know this about me. And it might um, stir some interest in your own heart to pursue it a little further. But actually, I believe that, the, that Genesis records for us the redirecting of the future of a planet. That the very first verse of the book of Genesis, the very, uh, Genesis, the very first verse in the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. And then the very next statement says, the earth was without form and void and dark. Those three terms, you can find, those exact same three terms you can find at other, other places in the Bible describing the aftermath of God's judgment. And it's my opinion that between verse 1 of Genesis 1 and verse 2 of Genesis 1, is a gap of some indeterminate time where God created the heavens and earth. God, by the way, God, this I know for sure, God doesn't create anything um, dark, empty. So I believe that between verse 1 of Genesis 1 that says God created the heavens and the earth and the next scene where it says and the earth was empty, dark, void, that something catastrophic has happened, likely a judgment upon uh, whatever a creation had been originally created. So now again, I just tell you that's sort of my idea, and I've just told you why. But the reason I've told you is because I, I, it follows then that again and again and again throughout the book of Genesis, you see that same pattern, God redirecting a future, new beginnings. And so we're going to talk about one of those right now, Noah and the flood. Chapter 6 of Genesis, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Can you think of a more sad verse of Scripture than that one? I can't. It just brings sorrow to my heart that mankind had reached a state by the, the time of Noah's life when every intent of the thoughts of his heart, every intent, every intent of the thoughts of the hearts of human beings was only evil continually. Whoa. 
that is just, the weight of that to me is just incredible. And you think, oh man, how, it's even hard to embrace the thought of what that world must have been like. Where every person, all of the thoughts of every person's heart was evil continually. And yet, without being some sort of, you know, Bible-thumping, hellfire and brimstone preacher, I've got to say that I can see some echoes of that in our time. The twisted things that uh, we read about or hear about in the news every day that are the results of actions people take. The things I see erupting out of my own heart, my own wickedness. It... As devastating as that verse 5 is in Genesis chapter 6 to read and to consider, uh, it's not really hard in the long run to imagine how humankind could get to that place. In fact, I want to submit to you that there is a, a stream, a, a current leading us toward that future, and we're, we're having to deal with it right now. And we can just allow ourselves to be carried along in that current towards that future that none of us want. Toward that future that God doesn't want for us. Or we can allow the Lord to redirect our future. It won't be without effort. (laughs) How many of you have ever gotten into a river or a stream to just take a nice lazy float and found yourself being swept along in the current and you're thinking, wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't mean to, to go this far. In fact, I remember one time I was at the beach, which is a rare occasion for me. My wife will attest to that. I'm, I'm, I'm not much of a beach goer. In fact, I was telling the Delphines who were just back from vacation in Hawaii about how one of the rare times I did go to the beach there in Honolulu. And uh, I am so white, I will blind you. I'm telling you. So... I got out on the beach, and, uh, <laughs> and this guy, he's probably 100 yards from me. This man stands up, and, and at the top of his lungs, he points at me across all of these people, these sunbathers, and says, Ha! I looked like you two weeks ago! <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. <sighs> anyway, one of the rare times I was at the beach, I went out in the water, and I was actually having some fun doing a little body surfing and stuff like that. And within minutes, it didn't take long at all, I looked up to, fi- you know, to see where, I, I, I don't even remember, it was before I, I was uh, married to Sue, I don't remember who I was there with, but I went to look for, the, for my, my friends, and I couldn't find them. And I realized after some pondering that the current, the ocean current, had swept me far down the beach so far that I couldn't even see them from where I was. And I was totally disoriented. That can happen to us, folks, in terms of our spiritual um, life. We can, if we're not careful, just be swept along in the current of the times towards this future. But the Lord wants to help us, to enable us to exit that stream, exit that current, and to redirect our future. And we're going to take a look at this um, Example to find out how. Verse 6. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. 
So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. It's hard for us to hear those words. It was undoubtedly hard for Moses to pen them under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That the heart of God, who loves us so much, could have come to the place of hopelessness for the race, willing to start over because things were so desperate, so wicked. But, verse 8 says, but, but Noah, <laughs> Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One guy. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews is often referred to as the Bible's Hall of Faith. And because listed here are the, the faith achievements of many of uh, the, those who have gone before us in, in um, the Bible's record and, and seen God do great things. And we're going to read in verse 7 about Noah. Verse 7, chapter 11, Hebrews. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Let's sort of deal with this just a little bit. I'm going to put on the screen what I, uh, my, my, current, uh, my current definition of faith. Faith is so incredibly important. In fact, verse 1 of chapter 11 says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's, that has been my kind of backbone understanding of what faith is, but faith is so important that I kind of periodically need to refresh my understanding of faith because I want to keep it alive and vital. So this is my current definition of what faith is. Faith is a reverent and trusting responsiveness to God. Would you say that with me? It's not scripture. I'm not having you say it because it's anything sacred. But I'm going, I want you to say it with me because I'm going to refer to it more, more than once this morning. Faith is a reverent and trusting responsiveness to God. Verse 7 tells us that Noah was divinely warned of things not yet seen. God spoke to Noah and said, Noah, my heart is so grieved over mankind that I'm going to bring all my creation to an end. I want to save you. And here's what I need you to do. I need you to build an ark. We're going to read about that in, in a little more detail. So... Noah was confronted with some information from God that just really broke his paradigm. And yet, because it says that he had a fear of the Lord, because he had a, a reverence for God, he embraced it. He trusted it and then responded to God. And in responding to God and building this ark, it says some things here. It says that it condemned the world... Uh, it, it, it saved his household, and, by, and in so building the ark, it, it provided safety for his household, but it also condemned the world. And I want you to see that God was not using Noah to, to wave a bony finger at mankind and say, you rotten, lousy sinners, you're so you know, stinking evil, I'm going to kill you all. That wasn't what it was about the ark that Noah was building over a period of probably 120 years. Talk about a building project. 
the ark that he was building and the preaching that he was engaged in over that whole period of time was designed so that everyone could build an ark. But no one else did. That's what condemned the world. Their actions, their choices, not God's. So faith is a reverent and trusting responsiveness to God. But I want to spend time this morning talking more about what faith does, what faith does, because it says here that by faith, Noah did something. What did he do? Built an ark. By faith, Noah built an ark. So I believe that in the remaining verses that we're going to study in Genesis chapter 6 this morning, where it describes how Noah built an ark, we're going to see an actual vivid representation of what faith is. Because how many of you know, we talk about faith a lot in church and stuff like that, but it's kind of fuzzy, isn't it? Sort of a gooey kind of a concept. And I think seeing it played out in concrete form can help us to get a better handle, a crisper understanding of what faith really is and what it means to me to have faith so that I can exit this stream that I'm in with the rest of my culture and have my future redirected because that's what happened as a result of knowing Noah building the ark. One man and his family exited the course that the, the whole world was on and found their future redirected. Everybody with me so far? Even if you're not, nod your head. It'll make me feel better. Thank you. (laughs) So we're back to Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to pick up at verse 13. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. How many of you know what gopher wood is? The truth of the matter is nobody does. A lot of times people will say, or in fact, even some of your Bibles may have the word cypress in there. Sometimes, uh, I mean, people will say that that's probably what it was, cypress wood. But the truth is we don't really know. But what we do know is that in building the ark, Noah used the materials that were available. We know that whatever gopher wood was, it was what was on hand. It didn't have to be imported. It wasn't some sort of exotic thing. And a lot of times people get the idea that faith is something that has to be, it's some sort of weird, spooky kind of thing that only some people have. You know, you, you close your eyes and scrunch up your face and press down on your diaphragm and try to get some faith going. <laughs> no. And, and that is not what faith is. In fact, here's what faith is. A reverent, Trusting responsiveness to God. Right now. And whatever the situation is right now. So if I asked you to respond to God and his, and what he's doing right now, what would that be for you? Maybe it would be just as simple as, all right, Lord. I think you're trying to teach me something today. I'm going to listen. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to apply my heart to it. Well, that would be faith right there. That's a reverent responsiveness to God and what he's doing right there, right now. That's all. 
Faith is not some sort of exotic, imported thing that only some people have. It's so precious. None of the rest of us get it. Or It's just simply being available and responsive to God and whatever he's doing right now where you are. Faith builds with local materials. Moving on. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark. Make rooms in the ark. Faith makes a place for others. It's not just about me. And a lot of times, sadly, Christians get this idea uh, and <laughs> they get it because of preacher people like me who say this kind of thing or, you know, model it. And, I, and, and I'm not going to point any fingers at anybody because if I did, I'd, I'd have to point at myself too because I've, I've been guilty of this. But a lot of us get the idea that faith, faith is about getting stuff for me from God. If I believe hard enough, if I, you know, say the right things and do the right things, that, that, then God will bless me with stuff. Faith is about getting stuff for me from God. If I have a lot of faith, then I will be blessed, right? And that's not what it's about at all. Responsive, reverent responsiveness to God is always about others, it's about how God wants to bless and reach and minister to others. And if we're going to be uh, reverently responsive to God in a way that will redirect our lives and perhaps see others joined along with us, then we need to expand our understanding of what faith is, that it's not just about me. It makes a place for others. God instructed Noah, make rooms in your ark. And then goes on to say, uh, cover it inside and outside with pitch. Um, faith guards against the seepage of that which is destroying the world around us. My reverent responsiveness to God posts a guard and a sentinel over my heart and my life. So that that which is corrupting and destroying... Everything around me isn't seeping into my soul. That's hard to do. Uh, you know, but you know, it's, it's in interesting. I'm, I, I'm a guy who loves uh, movies. I love, all, all my life, I always love to go to, the, to uh, movies. And so i kind of a, a, a little bit of a film buff. But you know what? I'm becoming more and more unable... To, uh, to spend much time in the theater because um, I recognize that a lot that I expose my soul to in that dark room where nobody else is looking seeping into my life. And I, I don't want that to happen. I want to, I want to seal off my soul from that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go on, off into some monastery someplace and, you know, sit around all, all day on a wood floor and stare at my navel or something. <laughs> I don't believe that, this, that God was instructing Noah to, you know, um, cut himself off from the world. But this is a picture of what faith does. Because I am reverently responding to God, I'm listening when he says, don't go there. 
I'm listening when he says, don't do that. Don't say that. I'm responding to him and sealing out the corruption that is uh, seeping, wanting to seep into my life. In verse 14, it says, uh, excuse me, verse 15, it says, and this, this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. It's width 50 cubits and it's height 30 cubits. Now, a cubit is not a measurement that we are accustomed to, but it's about 18 inches. You do the math. This was a big honking boat. This was huge. God was asking Noah to build, to, to enter into a construction. You just picture yourself. I know comedians have made a lot of fun out of this over the year, but just picture your, yourself, a neighbor of Noah. You know, picture your neighbor. And he starts to build, a, you know, what's probably a 300-foot-long thing in his backyard. I mean, that's what Noah was up to. It was huge. It was huge. Faith, however, always stretches us beyond what's possible. When we reverently are responding to God, count on it, he is going to challenge you to, oh my, you want me to do that? I, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I'm, I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I... But faith, reverently responding to God, will always stretch the boundaries. Always, he's always calling us to something greater than, than we have known. goes on to say that uh, verse... Um, uh, 16, you shall make a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above. Now, it wasn't probably just one window, but probably a bank of windows that was around the, the top uh, floor of the ark to let light in and so forth. Faith always keeps an eye on heaven. Uh, in other words, faith is not doesn't become myopic and kind of just focus down on what I'm facing, what I'm dealing with, my problems, my issues. Keeps an eye on heaven. What is God up to? What is he doing that I could be a partner with? What does he have to say about this stuff? Faith, reverently responding to God, keeps an eye on on heaven, the Bible tells us that by faith Noah built to ark. Each of these steps in the in the direction, specific directions of God for how the ark should be built, tells us something about faith—the kind of faith that redirects a person's future. So, moving on, it says uh, after uh, it, he's told to make this window in the middle of verse 16, it says, "And set the door of the ark in its side." One other thing about faith is that it invites inspection. And this is critically important. This is critically important. Because a lot of times when people uh, want to, you know, they just want to do what they want to do, they'll label it as, you know, uh, they have a word from God. God told me. And that sort of ends all arguments, right? What are you going to say to that? God told me. No, he didn't. What are you going to say? They, they've already, they've shut off. There's, there's no more dialogue. There's no, no inspection. Um, 
And lots of horrific things have been done in the name of God. You know that. Horrific things. I'm, uh, I could tell you a story. I'm reading a book right now called Under the Banner of Heaven. And it's about um, some horrific murders that were carried out in the name of God. Because God told them that blood should be spilled. Horrific things have been done in the name of God. But true faith, true faith has a door that's open. It invites inspection. I will, one of the, the smartest things I ever did in this whole life, except uh, uh, next to marrying that woman right there, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> was when we felt like the Lord was calling us to uh, step out from our staff uh, position in a, a church in Danville to start a church, our, our first senior pastorate, start from scratch. And uh, we felt like the Lord had told us when and where. And uh, so we had a, a building faith about that. But what we did is we went to the, to the leaders of our, the church where we are currently serving, and they were all together for another meeting and we said to them, here's what we think God is saying to us. Here's what we think. This is, this is when we think we're supposed to go, where we think we're supposed to go. Here, here's the whole shebang. This is what we believe. But if you guys tell us today that that's nonsense, that, God isn't, that doesn't sound right, and God's not in it, doesn't seem to ring true to us, then that's the last we'll hear of it. It'll be done. We won't, we won't do anything more about it. On the other hand, if, if the Holy Spirit gives you confirmation that what we're hearing from the Lord is right, then we're going to go, and we're going to go with a greater sense of affirmation because you, you have agreed with us too. So faith is not about you know, just kind of getting some weird, wild notion in your head and shutting everybody out and you know, just uh, you know, plowing ahead with it uh, without any... Um, openness to what uh, God might want to adjust or change or, you know, eliminate from your ideas. Faith invites inspection. And then at the end of verse 16, it says, you shall make, uh, you shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. And finally, the kind of faith, a reverent responsiveness to God that can help me to exit the destiny or the future that our culture is headed toward so that God can redirect mine towards His intentions, that kind of faith operates on multiple levels. Not just on Sunday mornings when I'm in church or at uh, the men's Bible study or ladies' Bible study or in those religious contexts. Faith is everywhere. It should be at every dimension of my life. At home with my wife and kids, I want to live a life of responsive, uh, reverent responsiveness to God. At work, I want to live a life of reverent responsiveness to God. I want to, when I'm, you know, uh, 
hanging out with my buddies, doing whatever it is we're going to do. I want to live a life of reverent responsiveness to God. I was conducting a, uh, you know that one of the things I, I'm involved in in ministry is uh, with our denominational leadership. Uh, I interview ministerial licensing candidates. And that means that these are people who've gone through a process of education and whatnot, and they're to the place where they're, um, they've applied for a ministerial license or ordination with Foursquare, and then I, we, we step into that process. And at the end of a, a lengthy series of things they go through, we interview them. And I interviewed a guy this week, and he was, and I always ask them, I always say, what is the, what is the most recent thing that comes to your mind right now where you, your integrity in God was tempted. What did you do about that? Were you successful in, in um, avoiding succumbing to that temptation or did you fall to it? Either way, what happened? What did you do about it? And it's funny, there's, there's a, a pretty significant percentage of people when I ask that question, they just go blank and they go, hmm, I can't think of anything. And right then, I'm, I'm marking them off my list, you know, because they're not human or they're not honest or something, you know, something's wrong. <clears throat> but this guy, I was one of, these, one of the people I was interviewing this week, I asked him that question. He said, you know, I can tell you right now what it was. Earlier this week, I, I'm a golfer, and I, I, I went out to the golf course and joined with, a, you know, a, a threesome that, you know, guys I didn't know at all. And... Um, I usually, when I do that, he says, I, I usually try to find a natural, you know, not odd way of letting them know that I'm a Christian. And, and uh, it just kind of eliminates a lot of stuff that I might get exposed to otherwise if I do that up front. And he said, I didn't this time. And um, uh, there was some talk and some, you know, uh, stories being told and stuff that, you know, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't actively a participant in, but I didn't. I didn't resist in any way, and they would have, they w- could have understood my passivity as being a partner, agreement in agreement with what they were doing. And he said that whole, I played that whole hole, and I and I was just in a knot. And when we, I couldn't wait till we got to the next tee, and I could tell those guys, look, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I am not, um, you know, I, I just can't be a party to that kind of stuff. And he said, oh, they all just kind of agree. Oh, yeah, you know, my uncle's sister's mother-in-law's brother is a Christian. Yeah, I get it. You know. <laughs> it wasn't any big thing. But, but you see what I'm saying? That everywhere on the golf course, I want to be someone. I don't play golf, but if I did, I would want to be someone who is reverently responding to God. Because I want my future to be different than the one I see my culture headed towards. Let's stand as we close in prayer.